Great. Uh, and so with that, I'd love to call up uh, Joey. Um, some of you uh, know Joey, maybe just socially. Are you going to need this, bro? No? Um, some of you were here when he preached. Um, he preached a killer sermon on discipleship. Um, loved it, loved it, and people still talk about it today. Uh, I've known Joey for now 12 years. Um, so in 2005, we were thrown into a discipleship group together. We were both studying at the University of Pretoria. Well, I was studying. Um, Joey was doing a number of other things. Uh, but, um, but what matters is you finished, right, bro? Yeah. And, uh, and so we've been in a discipleship group uh, together for a long time. And so even after the formal getting together, um, we've continued to be friends. He's uh, a great brother uh, to me and uh, has loved and served me well over the years um, as we've grown. And uh, just a really, really incredible man. Um, and particularly when we're talking about money, he's definitely in the top five when it comes to handling money in a way that honors God. Um, and so you'll hear a little bit about that. But, but let me tell you a little bit about Joey. So Joey is married to Zinzi. Uh, this December, they'll be married four years. Um, Zinzi is an incredible woman, uh, loves the Lord, and just a great friend to confidence. Uh, she's a CA and currently works at RMB as a technical accountant. Um, it doesn't sound fancy, uh, but it really is. It's, it's pretty fancy. Um, it's like one of those, you know, those job, like, like a pasta. Like it doesn't sound fancy. But it's like, it's pretty legit. Um, so anyway, so he's married to, to Zinzi. Joey uh, works for the Lions, um, the rugby club. He, uh, two-time champion, uh, how do I say this in a way that makes sense? So head coach of the under-19 team that are now two-time champions. Is that, is that legit? Yeah, great. And uh, is part of the uh, super rugby staff or coaching team. Uh, for the Lions, and so doing some amazing work there in Johannesburg, and, and really just doing a number of other really incredible things that you'll get to hear, and if he doesn't share them, I'll definitely ask them in the Q&A, and so that is Joey. So brother, can I pray for you, uh, and would you come up and then just kind of lead us? What's wrong with you, man? Um, let's pray. Father, we are incredibly thankful for who you are. Uh, we are thankful that you uh, are constantly at work, uh, even in times when we don't see it, uh, that you are always working in our lives. And so um, would you meet us where we are tonight uh, as we wrestle uh, with what many uh, have come to uh, call a hot topic, as we talk about money, um, as finances, resources, uh, just how do we handle uh, all that you have given us, Father God. I pray uh, that our hearts would be open, that we would be ready to receive from you, and that even uh, as Joey speaks, there may be a number of things that we don't agree with. I'm asking that we would be willing to at least wrestle with those things. Um, and so even if we don't agree, uh, knowing that we uh, have come and have engaged and have uh, just had a meaningful conversation, and the hope is that we would become better handlers of our finances. That is our ultimate goal, that we would use everything that you've given us for the advancing and the furthering of your kingdom. But then also, how do we enjoy all that you have given us? Um, how do we enjoy it in a way that glorifies you? Would you make this plain to us? And so, uh, Lord, I, I ask uh, that you would stand in Joey's body, that you would think through his mind, that you would speak through his vocal cords, those things you'd have us know, say, and do. May the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight this evening. Uh, may they be a sweet fragrance to you. Uh, God, may we see uh, that you are our king, that you are our redeemer. 
And so have your way in this place this evening. In Jesus' beautiful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, One. Um, <clears throat> thank you guys, firstly, for giving away your Thursday evening to come be here. I know you could have watched series or something like that. Um, that's the one thing. The second one is, I don't know how, uh, how long Pastor One normally speaks, um, but whatever he does, I'll do in half the time. Okay, so know that you'll be out of here in no time. I really more than anything look forward to our Q&A afterwards because I'm not standing here as the person who knows it. Um, that's why I'm married if you're not going to be clever, marry clever. Does that make sense? So that's why I'm married in that way. Um, a side note, though, if you do marry somebody who works in accounting, they only know accounting at work. As soon as they come into your environment, they just spend money like they've never known anything about accounting. So do not marry... Okay, I don't know what to say. Uh, figure it out. Use wisdom. Um, then, before I start quickly, you guys are very fortunate to know Orne, the owner you see now. And the guy you see now, for me, is always a testimony that there is a God and there is a gospel that can change you. Because the guy that I knew used to wear, okay, they weren't flat caps then, he used to wear this ugly blue, what hostel were you guys in again? Bukanote hat. His pants, if they were here, were very high. Like, that's how he used to roll, moping around, the rest like this. So that's the guy I knew. So, one, we thank God that he is alive and well. Um, so... Anyways, now onto our topic quickly. Um, so, if, if anything tonight I say and you disagree with or you're just not sure, go meditate in Matthew 6. Because that's where the heart of tonight is for me. Um, I wonder why when I read it, why... It's not often God compares himself to anything in the Bible because, well, why compare yourself to somebody else if you are the person who brought everything into being and spoke it into being. But there he speaks about, you'll either, he makes a comparison between money and God and he uses massive words. He uses, you'll hate one and love the other. He says, you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. It's like, so those words are not, it's like, how do you feel about X? Ah, I don't really like him. That's one way to say it. But how do you feel like X? I hate him. It's like, wow, that is big. How do you feel about why? I love why. No, I like why. So those are massive words that he's using. So it's almost like for me, it's um, making a massive statement of how important money can be to us. Um, so while I was preparing for this, I randomly sat at a mall. Pretoria's changed so much. I don't know where it is. It's on that next highway, Linwood Bridge or something like that. And I just randomly walked to people and asked them, I said, if I speak about money, what do you think of? Uh, most of them said along the lines of, the more I have, the more secure my future is. The more I have, the more... Um, it's all future-based. The more I have of this thing, the more I'm secure. And that just got me thinking. It's like, I can understand why God would have that thing, that conversation with money, because we know that money can easily take the place of God in that way, because if I've got enough, why do I need God? Does that make sense? If I really have enough, if I really, really have enough to buy whatever I want to buy, go wherever I want to go, why do I really need this God? Because I've got everything I need to be self-sustainable. Money can make us feel self-sustainable. Um, so that's the first thing about uh, Matthew 6. Um, the other one is the answer is there later um, because when Jesus responds, or his last part of that uh, where he speaks in Matthew 6, he speaks about rather, he says, pagans, people who don't know me, they worry about these things that money brings. 
But he says, to you who do know me, three things. He says, one, seek the kingdom of God. He says, let your heart in whatever you'd be doing while you're pursuing this money, seek my kingdom. Let that be the crux of where your heart is at. That's the first thing. The second thing he says, he says, live righteously. Live in a manner that's pleasing to God. We know that we are righteous only because of what Jesus did on the cross. Um, then the second, the last thing he said, then I will give you all that you need. It says the heavenly father will give you all that you need. And this father cannot lie. He does not lie. He cannot lie. He's faithful. We can trust him. Okay, so that is the theological part of it, um, I hope. And then ultimately tonight I'll do two things. I want to speak about how do we acquire money and then how do we steward money. Um, so under acquisition, how do we acquire money? In Proverbs 6 we'll read about the ant. Um, paraphrase, it speaks about how the ant has got no master, um, but he finds a way through the summer to keep working and working and working and working and put away for the winter. So that says to me that, and then you know, he, he makes the contrast between the ant who works hard, and guess what, on the, on the other hand, a sluggard. The ant works throughout the summer. No commander doesn't need anybody to tell him, hey, listen, you're going to starve in the winter, so start working. He works anyways by himself. So I want to say to that, there's absolutely nothing wrong in that thing to go earn money. Nothing wrong with getting up and fighting to say, I want to do whatever I can do in my job to really go earn money. I want to do it. And I'm like, go for it. So whatever job you're working in, there's nothing wrong to wake up and say, I want to make money. I want to be the best that I can at my job to make money. Let's not over-spiritualize money and say, I want to work hard so that I influence people's lives. I know you want to do that. And let that be a product of it. But let's be honest if I gave you two jobs, and the one was 20,000 rand, and the one was 10,000 rand, and I said to you, this one here, you're going to influence one life more than the other one. Who's the takers for the 10,000 rand job? You can do it, boys. I mean, one, it's one's church. He, he, he says he's not going to extradite you from the church if you say that. So we can say to each other that money matters, and we can work to get it. Is that okay? Can we make that statement? That's on the one side. The other side, he speaks about a sluggard. He says, this guy is lazy. He doesn't want to work. He's got dreams to eat something in the winter, but in the summer, he does not want to work. And we cannot be that person as well. So there's a person who works, the person who, who, um, who then doesn't want to. Then in the middle ground is a following. I thought it interesting that he said that the ant works in the summer which means there's also autumn, winter, spring. So there's times when the ant takes off. So we've got to not want to work so hard that we forget to rest. That making this money becomes such a crux of ours that we forget rest, we forget a Sabbath, we forget family, we forget the things that matter. Um, I've just had a friend recently, sorry on this thing, I, I want to lose sidetrack, who worked for a company for 13 years. In this week, they just got a letter to say, hey buddy, you're gone. Done. So I asked myself, how many times did he sacrifice Sabbaths? How many times did he sacrifice family time in the name of this company and making money? But when he had to go, nobody took that into consideration. So under acquisition of money is, yes, let us be like the end. Let us work flipping hard to make sure we make money. In the middle part, let us avoid being a sluggard who doesn't want to work, 
But let us then not go on the far side and work so hard that money comes at the sacrifice of our families, of our Sabbath, and even of our spiritual lives. Um, let not the me, yeah, so I'll leave it at that one. Um, so the answer then for me is uh, 1 Timothy 6 says, Godliness with contentment is great wealth. That's the New Living Translation. Godliness with contentment is wealth. Contentment is you earn 10 rand and you need a little bit more to live, but you say, God, this is what you have given me. I'm okay in this. I would like more, but I'm okay in this because your faithfulness is good enough for this. Or you earn 20 rand and your lifestyle is 12 rand and you've got an abundance and you say, God, I am content, I'm thankful I have and what you've given me is enough. So contentment is what I want to challenge us to. So what you have now, we all have a certain level of income, we've all got a certain level of money. Fight for godliness and how you handle it, but to be content. So contentment is not the sluggard who says, I'm only earning three rand, so I'm going to sit here and hopefully something happens. It's like, no, I'm going to work my butt off to get to five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten rand. But while I'm working there, I'm content. I'm not begrudging. I'm thankful for what I have. Um, So contentment would be part of what I wanted to speak there. Um, The second part um, of our conversation is on stewarding money. Um, and to do this, I'll tell you a story. Um, so one mentioned that I studied a three-year degree in six years. Um, so that went 2004, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Nothing wrong counting in your hands. You can't get it wrong. Um, so that year, I went and worked for Vodacom in marketing. Vodacom on London. Uh, it's that some of you guys who stayed in Res, you'll know on your way to from Res, the men's Reses to tax. You walk around that London road. Um, so I worked there for a year and a half. Listen to this for wisdom. Ultimately, if you, f- sorry, if you forget everything I say tonight, remember two things. Matthew 6, that's where the heart is. Remember, God wants us to deal with our money wisely. So that's why I'm going with the story. So we had a sales and marketing department, and we had the engineers. Who do you think made more money? Engineers by far, by far, by far. So if you still have a choice to study something, the younger people, please go that route, okay? Um, so what happened was, A friend of mine worked in sales and marketing, and a friend of mine worked as an engineer. So the guy who worked as a sales and marketing guy, let's say he earned 10 rand. So this guy worked for a month or two, taking public transport, nothing wrong, we're all in the struggle together, that's how life works. Then, after getting three paychecks, he decides, I'm going to buy myself a Golf 5. Okay, I'm like, okay, buddy. He didn't speak to me, so you can't put me, I didn't give him that wisdom, that's wisdom by himself. You know, it's, it's trouble. Whenever you think wisdom is by yourself, you know you're in trouble. Because if, if he just spoke to one person, they would have said, the maths does not make sense. Okay. Then on the other side of the coin, there's a guy who works in sales and mar- in the engineering department. He owns an apartment two kilometers away from Vodacom. He drives to work in his backpack and a bicycle. So the guy who earns, let's say, 30 rand a month, invests in property, drives on a bicycle to work. The guy who earns 10 rand buys a car that's 5 rand 50 a month. He has not paid petrol. 
hasn't looked at a maintenance plan. So more than half his salary is going towards a vehicle. Is there something with a Golf 5 Abs wrong with a Golf 5? Absolutely not. Must all rich people drive bicycles? Absolutely not. That's what I'm saying. The point is the wisdom needed to deal with that money which we have. So that's all I want to speak about in this next part is wisdom. Um, so regarding wisdom, three things. Um, I want to speak about how we tithe, um, our giving and lending, and then the last one was saving to some extent. Um, I'll, I'll get there. Um, the tithing part for me, I know people have left churches because of this. Um, I've resolved, to, I'm just going to tell you about my story. My first salary in 2004 as a professional rugby player for the Lions was, I think, 3,000 rand a month. So I just resolved to say, okay, I read this Bible, and it speaks about a 10%. Well, I'm going to give the three, 300 rand. It was a religious decision at that time because I don't understand what they're doing, but I just said, take it, it's okay. I know God is pleased with it because it's in the Bible. For the rest of my life, I never struggled with it again because I just made peace with it. And a friend of mine told me the following. He said, Joey, I'm sorry to say this to you, but it was never yours to start off with. So here's the principle. We are never, in Christ's kingdom, owners of our money. We are stewards of our money. So at some point, I decided to write in one of my little diaries. I write a heck of a lot of diaries. I am a kingdom distributor of wealth. That's my job. I get given money, which I worked for, to just distribute. I'll have enough for myself, I'll give enough for myself, but I'm going to distribute this money because God has entrusted me with it. That's why Malachi 3 says, do not steal from God. Why would I, if it's my money, why am I stealing from you? It's like, no, no, it was never yours. And let me challenge you on faith quickly. Let's say, the biggest earner in the room gets 100,000 in a month. It's big. I think I'm almost on that much. No, I'm joking. Um, let's say you get that. 10% of 100,000 rand a month is 10,000 rand. My math is good, right? So I don't tie that money because I say I'm not going to make it this month. So what I'm saying is, let me verbalize what we're thinking. The God of the universe who spoke the world into being cannot cover and provide for me, his child, the apple of his eye, this 10,000 rand that I'm not going to tithe. So I'm going to withhold it from him because I trust that this 10,000 rand will get me through the month more than, sorry guys, the God of the universe will do. So based on that thing, I just laugh at tithing. Please do take it. Take all of it. Here's a scary thing. Sorry. I think 10% is just the beginning. I think you've just knocked in. You've just on the door said, hey, I'm here, 10%. I think he's saying, I'm just giving you, I'm giving you a little margin of where to start. Go crazy with it. Go mad. Why settle at the basic level of 10%? Go crazy. Trust me. That is just me. That's not in the Bible. So I'm just telling you how I think about it. Okay, so I think really, I think, 10 is bare minimum. If you think of 10 as a number, I think minimum. Then you can get into details like, is it after tax or before tax? I'm like, man, take it. Take it, take it, because my heart is not there. My heart is take it. I trust you more than I trust this 10%. Um, so that's my little bit on tithing. Then you say, 
but you're a rugby coach and you earn money. So I, text, I sent my wife SMS quickly. I said, Lavi, how much money do you give to your family and to tithing monthly? Because I don't know. We, no, 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 I don't know. That sounds bad husbandship. Um, I do know, um, but I just wanted to make sure. Let me put it that way. I cannot lie, I'm in a church. Um, she sent me a figure, then I added it all up. So between tithing, so guys, this is not, we family, hey? Brothers and sisters in Christ, so this is not a brag session, whatever. I'm just trying to be real with you. So between my tithe, her tithe, um, her giving to her family, me giving to my family, supporting people on support, we have 25,000 rand that leaves our bank account. I mean, I could, I could live the life. I mean, if, think about it, 25,000 rand, if I saved it all, and then at the end of the month, my math is not good, after 10 months, the 250,000. Yeah, and then add another, so it's 300,000 rand, I could go wherever I wanted to go in December after I saved it all. But it means nothing to us. It is a joy. My salary comes in, they pay us, don't work for the lines. They pay you on the very last, very last day of the month. Like, they don't wait. If the 31st is on a Monday, and you're really, really like waiting for that check to come in, he'll wait till Monday morning. He won't even give it to you on the Friday. But anyways, that's a side note. But the point is, when that comes in, I literally open my laptop, just say, thank you that you've provided again. And thank you that you have deemed me worthy that I can go distribute your money. And it's a joy, guys, I promise you. It is a, it's, it's an absolute joy. I know we'll have children later and whoa, 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 But all I'm trying to say is, even in the midst of having to give money back home, it is such a joy to do it. It's, um, I don't know, I think just giving, we just got to give, try it. It's, 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 it's so freeing. It's so freeing. Um, so... I guess I can speak to you on that. Um, so give quite a bit. And also on giving, sorry, to the guys who give money back home or have to give to anybody actually in that case besides the church. When I started working and doing okay financially, I became, when there were needs in my family, it became 082-998-0808 and then we prayed afterwards. So I became the savior of my family. Does that make sense? In a bad way. So whenever something went wrong, phone Joey, he'll hook you up. Because he gives, he loves giving. Then I just thought, but I'm not being a faithful kingdom distributor of wealth because I'm not teaching them what to do with wealth. So I had a big family meeting and said, hey guys, here's what your son earns. Okay, I showed it to my mother, not to my sister, my brother. Could cause a bit of family feud, you know? So I said, mom, this is what your son earns. From this, I'm going to give you this much. Please be faithful with it. Go with it, be faithful with it. You'll phone me again if, like, there's a fire or something. Like, before that, please phone the Lord and speak to Him and ask Him to provide for you because He will provide for you. Um, so, all I'm trying to say is while you're giving, please don't become the bank. Teach those people to do with money what you are doing with money. Imagine you're giving money, you, you, you challenge your family to tithe whoever they're tithing. You're challenging them to give from the bit that you're giving because otherwise, if you're not doing that, what you're doing is you're just enabling people. Take, take, take. Joe will give, 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 because that's what I want to do. I'm going to get, get, get. It's like, no, no, no. You do with my money what I'm doing with my money. And I want to give my money. I want to tithe my money. Um, so you go do the same. That's on that. Um, on lending money, I've got a small principle. I don't think it's in the Bible anywhere. If I borrow 
Which one's borrowing and lending? Say again, I borrow to you. Okay, so let me start that way. If I, no, let me lend to you first. So, say again. That's it. If I give you money, but I'm borrowing it to you, so it's not yours yet. But you're making a good point though, because when I, when somebody asks me for money to give back to me, I give the amount that if they never brought it back to me, I'll never ask it from them again. Does that make sense? So I got burnt when I was like 19, I borrowed like 4,000 rand. You know how much money is 4,000 rand when you're not? No, 4,000 rand is a lot of money anyways. But when you're 19, it's a, it's a fortune. I gave it to that guy, it never came back to me. So then I just learned the lesson. I said, I'm going to borrow. If you come to me and you say you want this amount, and I know if you never brought it back to me, please do take it. If you don't bring it back again, it's okay because my heart is right. Uh, because money for me is a heart issue. Then on the other side, guys, I hate debt. Absolutely despise it. The reason, my dad passed away, I'm seven, my brother's 14, I'm seven, my sister's two, single mother, nursing sister, she just, at some stage, it's use this credit card to pay this one off and get this, because she just didn't have another way. She had to get her kids through school. So I saw the other side of debt, and without knowing it, I just made a decision, there's absolutely no way I'm going to owe anybody anything if I can help it. So my cell phone contract, you have three rand 65 remaining. I love it, because Vodacom doesn't own me. It's, it's, I know it's extreme. It's super extreme. Like, I hate the fact that I look at our bank statement and we owe the bank our house. Maybe I should take the 300,000 and pay it. <laughs> Love, one. Could pay that house up quickly. But my point is exactly that. Like, if you can really avoid debt in any way, and start with the small things. Like, if you can really not owe the world anything, because then they don't have you, don't do it. Like... If you've got a car that you can pay off, pay it off quicker. Like, stay away from debt. It's just not good. It's not good at all. Um, so that's my view on debt and borrowing money. Um, on saving, um, just as much as I don't like the debt side, I'm a massive fan of saving. And saving and tithing are the same for me. So when I earn that 3,000 rand a month and I tithe 300 rand, I started at that age saving 150 rand a month. And it sounds like, why do you want to save so little? It's like, that's all I have, but I was building a principle. So whether you earn millions or earn in the hundreds, you can start to save because you're learning a habit. Tithing is, no, you're learning to impart principles in your life. Tithing is a principle, saving is a principle. Um, please, uh, I'm almost done. So um, get ready for your questions. Um, the last thing for me is, what did I want to say? Sorry. Um, about one spoke about a steak. Um, my mother gave us, um, every child that started to work, she gave you like a three or four or five thousand rand thing just to say, breathe, because after this, you've got things that you might need to pay off. Um, but she also said one thing. She said, when you get your salary, go do something that you enjoy with it. Really go and, and say that I have worked this month Go enjoy it. So I don't have a choice. I'm married, so I have to have dinner with my wife, but I want to, not have to. You know what I mean? Like, I have to do it, but I want to have to do it. That's the one. And then I spoil myself to the best round of golf, like proper golf. So I love golf, but most of the time I play, cheat, not, I play cheap golf. So I get in the early morning special at halfway. I run past and uh, maybe get a glass of water or something, play quickly. Don't stay afterwards because the stuff's expensive. But that day, I get there very early. I have a drink or two before the time, play good golf, halfway house, order the best thing, 
play again, stay on the 19th, really enjoy myself because I just want to say I've worked. And, and God gave me this money that I can enjoy it as well. So for this little bit, I'm going to enjoy my money. Um, so, yeah, guys, thanks um, for listening and I really look forward to your questions.